Good to see you today. Good to have our online family with us this morning. Why don't you welcome all of our online family today? Nice to have them joining with us this morning. Good to have you in the room this morning. Give yourself a round of applause. Always good to see people in the room today. Well, welcome dinner. Make sure you've got the details for the welcome dinner. Uh, That's uh, next Sunday. Uh, Welcome dinner is on and that's for people, if you've been around our church for a little while uh, and you've not done our growth track, uh, our growth track is just a few sessions where we talk about church world, church life and who we are, our culture, vision, our hopes and and, uh, everything that we do, why we do what we do and we we kind of like to get people uh, involved in that as soon as we possibly can uh, just to help people make a really good choice about this is my church and if it's going to be your church we really want it to be your church, if you know what I mean. Uh, so we, we, we give you uh, just an outstanding uh, moment of eating an amazing meal uh, together. So that's next week. You need to register at the Ask Me desk. So make sure you do that just to help us so we know who's coming along uh, for that evening. And that will be absolutely amazing uh, in terms of what we do. There's three sessions, three weeks in a row on a Sunday evening. You only go for a little bit of time. I think the meal one will go for about an hour and a half, maybe two. Uh, depends on much you eat. Uh, then the following week, it's for an hour, five till six, uh, for the next uh, two weeks as we join together. I want to share some news today for our church family, uh, just to make you aware of uh, Jacob Rivers. Uh, Jacob is a uh, member of our uh, church community, has been with us for a number of years now. Uh, many of you may not know Jacob personally, but you would know him visually uh, in terms of uh, his presence among our uh, church family. Uh, he is the uh, mature age gentleman with uh, long hair, uh, quite often um, has uh, like uh, uh, Jewish uh, uh, kind of uh, paraphernalia uh, all around of his world, very colourful character. Uh, Jacob went to be with the Lord uh, this week on Tuesday. He passed away. Uh, It was all uh, reasonably quick in terms of uh, Jacob passing. Uh, He was hospitalised with some health conditions that uh, he'd been suffering from and our team uh, spent Uh, as much time as they possibly could in terms of caring for him in those last stages of his life. His prayer was simply this, I want to go home. That was his prayer. I just want to go home and be with Jesus. And so we prayed with him and uh, uh, shared with him uh, and he passed peacefully on Tuesday. And the good news for Jacob is he's now where he wants to be. He's now where he wants to be. He's home with Jesus. So we wanted to make you aware of that. We're not quite sure exactly uh, what final arrangements will be uh, in terms of uh, Jacob's body, uh, in terms of the process of what will happen from here in, but we will keep you informed for those that do know Jacob and love him and uh, share that with you. I want to say a big happy birthday to Gabby. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Gabs. Happy birthday to Bruce. I think Bruce had a birthday this week or... You've had several this year already, I think. Uh, He's doing well, lapping around the sun pretty quickly uh, nowadays. If you've had a birthday, happy birthday to you too. We're talking about favour. Would you say that word out loud for me, favour? We're talking about favour, about God's favour being upon us. The Bible says this in Psalm 30 verse 5. It says, okay, I'm going to do that once more. No, it says his anger lasts for just a moment, but his favor lasts for 
a lifetime. His anger lasts for just a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. I love the contrast of this verse. It talks about anger and it talks about favor. And in regards to the anger of God, because a lot of people know God for being an angry God, don't they? If you speak to people in the community, maybe your family, their thought about God is that God's this angry cosmic being that has like this super big wooden stick that just is, is angry with the world. That's the imagery some people have in regards to God. Well, here the psalmist puts these two thoughts of anger and favor alongside of each other to contrast uh, how God is in regards to these two expressions. And he says his anger lasts for just a moment, but his favor, it lasts a lifetime. It lasts a lifetime. I love things that last, don't you? I love the fact that I grew up in a generation where they built things that last. When I was a boy, they made cars that lasted. They were made of real metal. They were made of real motors. They were made of cylinders and lots of them, and the more, the better. They were loud. They were fast. They were big. They they were brutish. Uh, They were muscle cars. Anyone remember them? Come on, I, I, I love that generation of things lasting. I remember when you used to buy a fridge and you had a fridge for 20 years. Anyone remember that? You buy a fridge now, the thing's rusted out in no time at all. You buy a microwave now, it lasts 12 months. Um, you, you go to buy something from, uh, you know, uh, the good guys or a shop like that, and the warranty is like 12 months. And if you want to pay for an extended warranty, you've you got to pay. I remember the days where they just gave a warranty. And, and a warranty was as good as a man's word uh, back in, in that day. Whereas now it seems like things last for just a moment. But I I love things that last for a lifetime. I love longevity. Why? Because I'm getting older. And and longevity is good. It's good to have a sense of longevity. And I love the thought that we can live in the longevity of God's favor. The longevity, I'm I'm looking forward to living in the longevity of God's favor. Anyone else looking forward to that? I am. I'm looking forward to living in that, that long experience of being favored by God. You know, the truth is all of us have experienced God's favor at different moments and different seasons. And I think a lot of us are even unaware of God's favor because God's favor is not always in the big, the bold, and the beautiful. We want it to be like that. We want it to be big. We want it to be bold. We want it to be beautiful. But oftentimes God's favor is in the ordinary and in the little things that God favors us in. So don't make the mistake of always looking for the big, bold, and beautiful because you'll miss out on the ordinary ways that God favors you. The everyday things that are signs and indicators of the favor that God has expressed and is expressing over your life. I I love the thought that God's favor is enduring. It is never ending and it never runs out. And so that says to me, no matter how much favor you've already experienced, God's got more for you. He's got more favor for you planned for your life future its favor forever the psalmist goes on to say because uh, i think he really understood favor he says this in psalm 512 surely lord you bless the righteous and you surround them with favor as 
a shield. What a beautiful expression and visual that favor can be a shield around protecting the righteous, those that love the Lord. In Psalm 84, he says, For Lord, the Lord is a sun and a shield, and he bestows favor and honor, and no good thing will he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. What's the Lord bestow on us and give to us? Favor and honor then psalm 90 says may the favor of the lord our god rest on us establish the work of our hands yes god please establish the work of our hands this is our prayer as a team this is our prayer for our church in 2024 that god's favor would rest heavily and mightily and powerfully and significantly upon us that god's favor would rest on us as a church and as individuals and that god would establish the work of our hands and so the things we do that they would be blessed how many of you want to live in that zone i I do i want to live in that zone of, of seeing and experiencing the blessing of god more and more Now, last week, we looked at several truths. We looked last week at the truth that when God turned towards us through his son, Jesus, that it was the beginning of a never-ending era of the Lord's covenant. You know, when Jesus was on the cross and he was hanging there to pay the price for our sins, the Bible talks about how God turned away from him. And he turned away from him and he turned towards us to embrace us. He punished him so that he would bless us. He, he, he paid the price for us, Jesus did on the cross, so that we would live in the reward and the blessing and the goodness and the favor of God. And the Old Testament speaks about it. Jeremiah spoke about it, where he says, uh, on behalf of God, that I will make an everlasting covenant with them, with the people of God, and I will never stop doing good for them, and I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. And so we looked at how God turned towards us, to express favor toward every one of us. We then looked at the fact that God's favor originates in his grace. It's, it's part of the nature of God. It's who he is that he has determined, he has decided to bless us with his favor because of his grace. That means it's undeserved and it's unearned. It's undeserved and it's unearned because of the next thought that God's favor on us is based purely on relationship it's because you're in the family because you're in the family of God you experience the favor of God upon you and so today we're going to look at several other thoughts around favor firstly God has favor planned for your and our future God has favor planned that's his plan you see it in the old testament when he speaks over his people in the Old Testament. He says, for the thoughts and the, the, the plans I have for you are plans to do you good. To do you good. That's what I want to do. Not, not plans to hurt you or harm you, but plans to do you good. That plan that God had for his people in the Old Testament is the same plan. Because he's the same God. And that God in the New Testament expresses the same heart. To pour out his favor on every one of us. In the Old Testament, there's a young lady named Ruth who went through some really serious hardship in her life. Her young husband was killed in battle and it left her to take care of herself in a really serious time of famine. She had nothing. She really had nobody except for her mother-in-law, Naomi. 
And her mother-in-law, Naomi, decided that she was going to go back to her own people and to her own family and and leave Ruth and, and go back home because there was food there. And Ruth begged Naomi. She said, I want to come along with you. And, and Naomi's trying to stop her. She, and Ruth says, no, no, seriously, I want to come along with you. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not just in your family because I married your son. I, I, I'm a daughter to you. And I, I want to come along with you. And I want to look after you. And I want to take care of you. And so she did. She moved back with Naomi uh, to their homeland, to their home city. And Ruth would get up in the morning and she'd walk out into the fields on the farms and on the farm she would walk around and she'd pick up the little bits of wheat that were left over uh, from the harvest and she'd pick them up she'd take them home and they would make food out of them the owner of the field was a man named Boaz and Boaz noticed this young lady walking around his field picking up the wheat and would see her come and see her go and see her come and and see her go and he he, he, he asked after her, and, and then he, he told his servants this. He said, look, when you're out in the field harvesting, I want you to purposely lay aside extra, extra wheat, so that this young lady can find it, and make sure you look after her. Don't let any harm come to her. So just drop handfuls of supplies for her. You know what I love about this story? I love the fact that Ruth, in this story was just minding her own business, just doing what she could when life was hard, doing what she could when she had very little, and then there would be little handfuls of blessing laid aside for her every day. Just provision for the day. Ruth wasn't pushing her way in. She was just being proactive and doing what she could. She just stayed consistent and did her best in a terrible situation. And she kept finding these little supplies, like little Easter eggs. Remember the Easter egg hunt they used to do when you were a kid? And little Easter eggs. And you find a little egg here and a little egg there, then a big egg. And uh, you'd share your eggs with others. This was kind of Ruth's world now, just gleaning in the field, finding enough supply for her and for Naomi. You know, church, sometimes when you're going through a hard time, all you need is just a little bit of favor to sustain you and keep you going. Just those little drops, those little little droplets that come from heaven uh, through others towards us and, and for us. Where, where not all your dreams are coming true, not all your hopes are being met, but it's just enough favor to keep you going and keep you believing. Because favor is not always the big, the bold and the beautiful. I love it when it is. Who loves the bold and the beautiful? I know some of you do. I had to go there. Uh, I, I love the big, the bold, and the beautiful. I, I, I love when it happens with that. But, you know, the, the, the older you get in your walk with Christ, with Jesus, uh, with heaven, with God, and, and with the Word of God, you, you, you learn to discover that it's in the little things you see the blessing and the favor. It's in the ordinary. It's in the mundane that you see the blessing and the goodness and the favor of God. God had planned this favor for Ruth and now it was just a little bit here and just a little bit there. And I want to say to you and I today, I want to say to us as a church, God's got favor planned for us, but don't oversight the little bits of favor that he's planted and he set aside and heaven has determined that you and I would experience in our daily walk. The flow of favor 
and God's favor, it usually comes to us through someone who is capable of blessing us. Someone that is observing us who is capable of blessing us. I see this in Ruth's story. In Ruth's story, Boaz, who saw her in the field and saw that she was gathering behind the harvesters, the little bits of leftovers, he saw her and he had the capacity to make sure she was looked after. And he took care of her. He had supplies left purposely for her. Boaz was God's agent. You know, there are a lot of people that are God's agent. Not even all of them are God followers themselves, but they are God's agents for us because they're in our world, they're around our world, and they're observing us, and they have the capacity to do something, to leave favor droplets in our lives. Boaz was a man of influence. He was a man of wealth. He was a man of power. But more than all that, he was a God-ordained, heaven-assigned conduit of God's provision, favor, and protection on Ruth. Now, Ruth, when you read her story, and I'd love to have time to read a story, but there's so much in it with the other characters I want to talk about today. Ruth was a, a great wife to her husband and was now a loyal provider and caretaker of her mother-in-law. And when Boaz noticed her in the field, the flow of favor started with just little handfuls, just little droplets of unrequested, unsolicited favor. You see, Ruth didn't have an entitlement mentality. She didn't have an entitlement mentality. She wasn't expecting anything at all from Boaz. She just turned up every day. And every day, Boaz just set aside that little bit of blessing, that little bit of goodness, that little bit of favor that was hers. It wasn't requested at all. See, when it is in God's heart to do something for you, he puts it in someone else's heart to help you. That's how God works. Like people pray and want God to do something for them and to provide for them. Well, let me tell you how heaven provides. I've never had heaven provide for me or for us by just dropping stuff out of the sky. But what I have had is God has provided through different people the goodness and the favor that he laid in their heart to do towards us. And I've seen it on many other people time and time again. In other words, heaven operates through others. That's what heaven does. Heaven operates through others. Now, when Naomi, the mother-in-law, when she heard what was happening for Ruth, she recognized Boaz for who he was and for what he was doing. She recognized that he was an agent of God sent to bless her. She recognized that he was someone that could help, someone that had the capacity to help. So she, she spoke to Ruth and said, Ruth, don't treat this like some casual relationship. This is not a casual, temporary relationship on. She said, you read the Bible. She says, girl, you put some perfume on. This is how she talks. You read your Bible. She says, it's a love story. She says, girl, you put some perfume on. You put your best dress on. You get yourself dressed up, girl, and you smile. And she said, I'm just saying, I know where this is going. I know what's going on here, Ruth. And I just want you to present yourself to Boaz and for Boaz to notice you. Because she understood who Boaz was. You see, Boaz was actually related. Boaz was what the Old Testament called her kinsman. 
Like we call our kin, our kin, you know, our, our kind, our, our family, our tribe, our kin, those that are family to us. And he was her kinsman, Ruth's kinsman redeemer. It meant literally that he was the closest male relative that had the right to protect and provide for Ruth now that the husband had passed away. It was a responsibility and also a privilege. He could choose not to do it and the right would be passed on to someone else. But he had first right of call in the law of the land to become the kinsman redeemer. So he had the right of marriage and protection and provision to redeem and restore her life. And so Naomi mentored Ruth. That's why she said to her, you put your lippy on, you put your best dress on, you smile, girl, you get some swag and just walk across that stage. You make sure Boaz, he sees you. It was good mentoring. Everyone say good. And Naomi was right because Boaz noticed, Boaz observed and Ruth was mentored by Naomi and Naomi said, now stay close, stay connected with Boaz. And the story as it unfolds is this, is Boaz married Ruth. Now I want you to get the picture here because I say those words, it's like, it's like TJ and Mia. It's, it's, it's like this, like when you get married, you now own everything they own. Now get the picture. Here she was begging in the field. Here she was gleaning in the field. Here she was just harvesting a little bit of wheat in the corners of the field, not realizing one day she would own the field, not realizing one day it would be her field. She was just gleaning for her daily supply. And then next minute, that moment turned into a lifetime of favor. She became Mrs. Boaz, and now her name was on the farm. It was her, she now owned the field she gleaned in. Don't ever despise the little droplets because those little droplets may just turn into something much more significant right now right now your boss might be watching you I want to suggest your boss is always watching you but right now your boss might be watching you being impressed by your diligence being impressed by the way you present by the way you communicate, by the culture that you display, by your leadership, your creativity, your character, your ambition, your proactiveness for the company or the organization or the business. Others you don't even know may be watching you and observing you and they may be getting ready to bless you and you don't even realize they're getting ready to bless you. You don't know what blessing's going to turn up tomorrow. You don't know the email you'll get. You don't know the text you'll get. You don't know the deposit that might happen. You have no idea. Have you ever woken up and thought, good God? Because he is good God, you can say that. Good God, I can't believe you did that for me. It happens. Turn your neighbor and say it happens. It might just be a small thing. It might just be a connection. It might just be a person you meet. It might just be a new friend. It could be anything. But it is favor dressed up to help you for your future. You know, many of us don't even recognize the people and the connections that God sends our way. We don't recognize them as being favor for us. 
But I've learned to live by the principle that God will send into my world and my life the people that I need in my life for that season. God will send them into my world for that season. There's a thought that when God wants to bless me, he sends people. And when the devil wants to hurt me, he sends people. So the thought I ask of people when they come into my world is, where are you from? Who sent you? Turn to your neighbor and say, who sent you? It's a sobering thought, isn't it? Who sent you? Are you here to bless? We're here to bless. We're here to bless. We're here to be a blessing and a conduit of God's blessing for other people. Can I ask you to be mindful and understand and have confidence that God blesses us through people. God blesses us through others that have the capacity to bless us. And these relationships and connections, they happen naturally or organic. You don't have to engineer it. You don't have to manipulate it. It's God putting people together. God always does that. It's like our world, our personal worlds and our church world is like a big jigsaw puzzle. Who likes jigsaw puzzles? I'm not really a fan because they just take so long. But I remember when I did one. (laughs) I think we did one on a holiday once. I don't know, but that was it. It was done. I'm thinking, yeah, I've done done that. I don't have to do that again. I was smart enough to understand you've got to get the corner pieces in place first and get the edges. I was smart enough to work that out. But all those other bits that were just like that, like seriously... There's 50 of them on here. There's 100 of them on there. What am I supposed to... And, and you know, church and people are like that sometimes. It's like, where do they fit? <laughs> you know, there's a space here. I know there's a space here somewhere. So I just got to get the framework out and then slowly the pictures come to... And that's like people that come into your world too. Not everybody is an instant recognition of that. that's where they... That's where they belong, right there, right there. That's the piece they are. Sometimes people are a puzzle. They are. Sometimes people are. I puzzle myself sometimes. Anyone else out there like that? Sometimes I feel like a puzzle because I don't quite know where I fit. But when I find where I fit, how sweet is that? It's like getting engaged. When When you get engaged, it's like... It's like, ah, everyone say, ah, it's just sweet. It's just, I'm so happy for this couple. It's just a good thing. Um, Theo and Jade are just so happy for this couple. It's just, ah, it's beautiful when you, when you find your fit. And so we need to find our fit in people's worlds and help people find their fit in our world. Honor the people that are in and around your life. Honor them. Honor your boss. The Bible talks about that. Honor the company. Don't talk bad about it. Reflect it in a positive way, in a healthy way. Honor the business. Honor the clients that bring business to you. Honor all the God connections that are around your world. Serve their interests wholeheartedly. Esteem them. Value them. Pray for them. Bless them. Why? Because there is blessing and favor that's on your life to bring towards them my next thought is God's favor will open up doors of opportunity in your life this is what the favor of God does it's common for people in our culture our western culture to think they've got to chase opportunity and you can pick someone that chases opportunity a mile away they stand out from everybody else because they're a chaser well we're not called to be chasers we're called to be makers 
And there's a difference between being a chaser and being a maker. The Bible says to make the most of every opportunity. Make the most. It's very different to being a chaser of opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity that God gives you. When we make the most of the opportunities that God has given us, then God's favor opens up doors of greater opportunity. We see this in the life of David when he was out caring for his father's sheep. And uh, this was his job, just watching over the sheep, protecting the sheep. And you know the story. Uh, I mean, Channel 9 wasn't there. Uh, There was no national media coverage there. No one else was watching. It was just David. And a lion came. And a bear. What would you do if you were out there and no one was watching? The camera wasn't there. Mum and dad aren't around. You're the only one there. And a lion comes. And a bear comes. I'll tell you what your first instinct would be. Run. (laughs) Just go. I mean, you lose one. Well, I I lost one today. Uh, it's only one sheep. It's only one little lamb. I'll tell you what he did when he saw the lion, when he saw the bear, and he knew that his flock were under threat. The Bible talks about him rising up to protect, killed the bear, killed the lion. Pretty impressive for a young man. It was a little test. It was a little test because there was going to come greater enemies uh, in his life. You know the story of Goliath. He had the opportunity to fight against the Philistine champion who was threatening the children of Israel. And David stands up against him and says, I will be the one. I I can do this. God's with me. God's favors on my life. And he he took him out. You know, the, the little things in life, the little opportunities that we have, they lead to bigger opportunities for us. The Bible talks about that. If you're faithful with the little You'll be faithful with the small. As you are with the little, so you'll be with the big. Big opportunities start and present in overalls. They start with a towel. They start with a basin. They start with a broom. They start with a mop. In other words, you're never too good to serve others. You're never too good to serve others and to get involved and be involved and make a difference. And, and, and when, with whatever you do, whatever you do, I don't know what your doing is, but whatever you do, during the week, whatever your career, whatever your business, whatever your job is, whatever your interest is, do it with all of your heart. The Bible says, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. In other words, do it with a CEO attitude. Do it like you were the boss. Do it like you're the one that's responsible to the board. Do it like you're the one that has that sense of ownership. You may have just been a new start. Well, don't be an upstart. Be a new start with a good attitude, a great disposition. Be there realizing you are going to bring favor to the business and the boss will bring favor to you. And when you do it that way, you'll be noticed. When you do it that way, people will recognize you. Opportunity will chase you. You won't have to chase opportunity. Make the most of what you've been given. And the principle is you will make the most. Make the most of the opportunities given and you will make the most. My next big thought is that God's favor will give you favor with the right people. With the right people. God will bring the right people into your life. The right people. People that have purpose towards you and the dream and the vision that's in your heart. In the Bible, there's another character. His name's Joseph. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. Went to Egypt, a foreign nation. Ended up ultimately in prison through some false accusations. And here he is in prison. And he's reminding himself of the dream that he'd had when he was a young boy. That he would be highly favored of God. 
He would be more blessed in his family than his brothers, and his brothers would come and bow down to him one day. was the dream that he had. Well, he's in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And while he's in prison, God sends along another gentleman who's about to help him. And in Genesis 39, it says this. It says, The Lord was with Joseph in prison, and he granted Joseph favor with the chief jailer. So he had favor with the chief jailer, the one looking after the jail. But then there was another man who came to prison who was the king's cupbearer. And he was really troubled by some dreams he had. And Joseph interpreted these dreams. And he said to the, 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 the king's cupbearer, you're going to be released from prison. And he said, when you are, please remember me. Remember me. Well, he leaves prison and he forgets Joseph. He forgets all about him. Until years later, when he's serving the king again, the king has some nightmares, some, some dreams that really trouble him. And uh, Joseph says, I know a guy. I met a guy in prison. Haven't seen him for a while. He's probably still in prison. And uh, his name's Joseph. When I was in prison, I had some bad dreams. And he interpreted my dreams and he told me what would happen. And it happened exactly as he said. The king said, go get him. And so they brought Joseph into the palace and he interpreted the king's dream and the outcome is the story joseph the outcome of the story is joseph was promoted from prison to palace and became the second most powerful man in the land of egypt all because of the favor of god here's my point you may be in a dark place you may feel unnoticed you may feel irrelevant you may feel forgotten you may feel neglected don't surrender your faith in those moments say confident that you will see the favor of the Lord and you will see the favor of the Lord you know the favor of God doesn't mean you're not going to go through some difficult seasons if you've lived a while you got scars I love scar stories don't you like you show me yours and I'll show you mine like just scars scars tell the story scars say you've lived a little bit of life scars say you've done some stupid things anyone done stupid things we could do a series called stupid things we should do that one day that'll be a year-long series that one we'll give everyone an opportunity to come and share their stupid i reckon that'd be so entertaining they'd be the best sermons ever stupid because Everyone does a little bit of stupid every now and then. And that's what scars represent when you're young and you, you do stuff and you end up hurting yourself and, and damaging yourself. But they, they, they become later on a great story. Like I love the way the older I get, the bigger my stories get. I love that. Yet you have the privilege of exaggeration when you get a little bit older. And my kids, they hate it because they hear it all the time. All the time my stories of how great I was, how amazing I was. And, and I just get better and better, better and better. Like, no, you can't say that. Better and better. Everyone say better and better. The older you get. Just keep telling the story because the stories are good. Stay confident that you'll see the the, 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 the goodness of God while you're in the land of the living is what the psalmist said. Okay, I need to finish this sermon. When God's favor is on our life, it overflows to others. I love this thought. I love the thought of the overflow. I, I love the thought of someone else's favor flowing over towards us, over towards me. 
I think it's a principle of God. It's what happens. It happens in a city. As a church gets blessed, other churches get blessed. You know, when a big ship comes into the harbor, it raises the tide for everybody. Um, it, it, the water levels rise. It's, it's just the way life works. When you get blessed, we get blessed. When, when, when your world is blessed, then the church is blessed. When the church is blessed, your world is blessed. There's this man in the Old Testament. His name is Jacob. And he worked for his father-in-law called Laban. He was working off a debt for marrying his two daughters. And uh, he'd worked for years, like 14 years. That sounds like a good deal, um, Theo. Seven years I've got to work to earn the right to marry your daughter. He's hiding her over there. I don't know whether you want him working at Karina's Barbers, the best barber in all of Queensland. Laban was working, Jacob was working for Laban and Laban was smart enough to understand that his business was prospering because of Jacob. He understood that the wealth that he had, the flock that he had, the blessing that he was experiencing was because there was something special on Jacob. So he didn't want Jacob to leave. The only problem was Jacob had it in his heart to leave Laban's employment and Laban begged him to stay and this is what Laban says he says please listen to me I have become wealthy because the Lord has blessed me because of you the Lord has blessed me because of you there are people here today and you bring blessing into other people's lives and you're probably not even aware of it you're not even aware of the level of blessing that you bring to the people around you the level of blessing to a family, a broader family, an extended family. You're not aware of the favor that you are, the, 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 the sense of you being a God conduit for the favor flow into the lives of others. There are people here today that aren't aware of how much blessing you actually bring to your boss, whether he recognizes it or not, whether he gives you a bonus or not. You bring blessing into his world, into his office, into his business, into their organization. You are a blessing. Why? You're blessed. You're blessed. You're living in and under the favor of God. You're a favored one, which like like Joseph, for me, that's the thought of wherever you go, you'll be blessing. You'll be a blessing wherever you go. You'll bring favor with whatever you're connected with. And people around our lives are blessed because of God's favor on you. Family on your favor. My mum, who'll be online today. G'day mum, love you. She often said to our children as they were growing up in their late teenage years and, and kind of moving on in life, don't ever forget the blessing it is to live in the household of your mother and your father to be in their family don't ever forget that there's blessing and there's there's favor in that and I want it to be like that I mean what parent doesn't want that you want that you want your family to know that there's blessing because of that it's an old testament principle people were blessed because of Abraham the granddad Isaac the you know the the father they were blessed because of those that had gone 
before them. People were blessed because of King David, blessed because of what he did and the prayers that he prayed and, and believed for. And so there's blessing that comes to our family. Here's what I want to say about the blessing and the favor of God's on your life. I want to say this about it. I want to say, don't ever become arrogant with it. Don't ever become bigger than yourself or bigger than you should be in regards to the investment of God's blessing and favor that's on your life. Always stay humble and understand this. Understand, stay humble, but understand there's, there's such a thing that is called favor splash. In other words, when I have favor, you're going to get splashed with it. You're going to get hit in the face with it. When your friends, your family, your father, your mother, your leaders, whoever it is that you associate with. Laban understood favor was on Jacob's life. And he knew he had to stay close to him and keep him close because there was favor that splashed out onto his life because of that. And Laban got the overflow. So here's my thought. Hang around people that have God's favor on their life. Hang around people that have God's favor on their life because there's favor that will splash onto yours. And in regards to that, with what you're believing for, don't just believe for droplets. Take every droplet of favor you can get, but believe for showers. Believe for showers. There's an old song we used to sing in church. I love all these old songs because I'm old. It was called Showers of Blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. I want to plead for showers today. Would you stand to your feet? I want to proclaim showers of blessing and favor for us individually, for us corporately as a church family today. I want to forecast favor and I want to be a favor forecaster today. I want to speak into and against and over and beyond all of the negativity, all of the hardness of life, all of the challenge, all of the difficulty. Wherever there is hardship, I want to project favor. I want to prophesy God's favor. I want to declare God's favor today. I want to see and pray for God's favor that is unequaled, unrivaled, uh, unusual, accelerated favor. What I want to declare is where it is hard, it will become easier. Where it is difficult and challenging and almost impossible, it will become probable. God can turn it around. Where it has been slow, I want to declare and I want to prophesy that it will be suddenly. What has been slow will be suddenly and it will be done. I believe in 2024 that God has called us into this unusual season and I'm not going to allow any circumstance or any situation or any darkness or any difficulty or any negativity or any challenge to deter us from being forecasters of the favour and the goodness of God because we are favoured of God. The hand, the gracious hand of God's favour is upon us. It's upon us. It's a never-ending agreement and covenant and contract that God has with us. And it's not because of us. It's because of Him. It's because of who He is. It's because of who heaven is. And what I want to proclaim is that God's purpose is to bring heaven 
to earth. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's Prayer, it talks about it. Heaven to earth. I could do with a little bit more of that. Could you do with a little bit more of that? Come on, why don't you lift up your hand? I want to pray for you today. And then we're going to speak the name of Jesus. We're going to sing that song and just layer it over and declare it over what we're believing God for today. Father, I pray for people today all across this room, online this morning. I'm praying, God, that you would favor in this year beyond our imagination. Favor on us, God favor on us, unequaled, unrivaled, undeserved, unearned, unreasonable, unusual favor, favor in the little things, the ordinary things, the everyday things, then favor in the big, the bold, and the beautiful. I want to hear the surprises, the stories, the testimonies, Father, of people seeing the hand of God move like never before, of the things that have been slow to be all of a sudden, it's done, it's established, it's signed, it's sealed, and it's delivered. Father, I believe for that for this year. And so I pray for an acceleration of everything that you've got planned and purposed for us in Jesus' name, because you're a God of favor. You turned towards us, and you have a never-ending promise to do us good. And so we speak Jesus over all of that today in Jesus' name. Help us to hope, I pray, in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's sing. Lift your hands. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows.
service right now. If you'd like prayer this morning, love for you to come and just stand down the front. We'll have some people to come and pray with you this morning before you go. But we're going to close right now. Cafe's open for hospitality right now. Why don't you enjoy some time with family, friends today. Gather around some coffee, some food, and enjoy some good community together. Just to highlight... In a couple of weeks' time, we've got our citywide prayer meeting for uh, Logan City Collective. Uh, we'll, we'll pump it next weekend, but just get it into your head. It's on Wednesday in a couple of weeks' time. We want to take as many people as we can from our church to that thing. We just don't want to take our pastors. We want to take as many people as we can to gather for that hour and pray for that night. It's at Grace Church just down the road, Paradise Road in Slacks Creek. I think it's on the 13th uh, of March. So we'll talk to you more about that next Sunday. Have an amazing week. Thank you to our online community. Why don't you say goodbye to them? Give them a big cheer. Thank you for being with us and joining with us today. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you.